Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Longbox Podcast, presented by Plus Waco Comics and Rogue Media Network. Your weekly info dump of some comics news. We got to fix that because we're not doing all comics news anymore. Right, right, so right. we got to we got to figure out a new way to comics culture. Comics culture. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll comics news and culture. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Good work back there. You really clobbered them. <laughs> Hint: It's from a She-Hulk comic. That's the thing. So look it up and hit us if you know it. That's our new thing. We're tired of babying y'all. Yeah. <laughs> that was not expecting that one. I know. It's going to be. Clobbering it from behind. Okay. Look at that. Um, there's hints in there so you can kind of see who said it and what, you know. It's tight. It's tight. Well, what's up, y'all? We uh, we have, I have something really cool in my hands. I have the first issue of She-Hulk and uh, the first appearance of She-Hulk, and that's that's what our episode is today. It's all about She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Uh, okay. well, well, you know, it's mostly about She-Hulk. That's just a good topic of the day. Uh, obviously, with She-Hulk being out on Disney+, Plus, four episodes in as of this recording, uh, we, uh, we're going to talk about her publication history, her uh, her powers, her origin. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the TV show and kind of... Give our thoughts on the whole character of She-Hulk as a whole. But before we do that, we're going to jump into some news. Uh, who wants to start? You guys start. Okay. Uh, I got a piece of news. This is I'm, I'm going to try to appeal to everybody on this podcast, but also I don't care about this piece of news because <laughs> I don't like Rob Liefeld. But um, he's launching another new superhero universe Ugh. called Airborne, spelled H-E-I-R. So my advice is read any of his other work and you'll know what it's about. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Or or read any other book. Yeah. And chances are he copied it. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. Ooh. Yeah. For sure. Shots fired. Man, that Rob Life the Rob Liefeld episode is gonna be juicy when we get there. Ooh. We might have to have a guest on there. Yeah. Rob Liefeld. That likes Rob Liefeld. Ooh. Do you, yeah. Is there somebody on? Hey, we might be able to get him on. His his kid goes to Baylor. So yeah. maybe. We could, hey, dude, we'll come and talk and then be like, okay, why are you so <laughs> trash? Yeah. It's been 30 years, It's guy. been 30 years, bro. You should know how to draw feet by then. Didn't <laughs> your kid at Baylor go with him to an art class? Take one, just one. Uh, he's, he's, still trying to, he's still trying to catch up on his six-year brigade. Uh, kick, brigade Kickstarter. Oh. So. That's, that is going to be a whole episode when we get yeah. there. Yeah. <sighs> 
But my bit of news, uh, I'm going to switch over to DC sides of thing real quick. Cool. Uh, I had this really cool, I haven't read the book yet, but I, um, I'm two in and this is number four. The Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. There was a really cool moment between Alan Scott and uh, 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 Nightwing. Um, there is a moment where Alan Scott comes to Dick Grayson and uh, it, it's a moment after uh, Beast Boy has been severely wounded by Deathstroke. And he, who is Alan Scott? The first Green Lantern. I'm sorry, y'all. Alan Scott, the first Green Lantern, one of the members of the Justice Society of America. There you go. Um, he, uh, one of the OG superheroes. Uh, he's yeah. And he comes to uh, Nightwing, and he's telling him, uh, you know, Clark's boy, uh, talking about John, uh, has gathered some uh, together some great folks. You know, I look out there, and I who see who are he, Clark and John. Superman, ah, okay. Superman's son John uh-huh. went out and recruited a new Justice League after the death of the Justice League. Sure, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. we'll go there. Uh, so that's where we're at right now. And then there was a big battle between uh, like everybody, pretty much, and then the Teen Titans, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, in, during that battle, uh, Beast Boy got severely wounded, and we, we're picking up right here. Um, and uh, Alan Scott comes to Dick Grayson, and he's telling him that you know he sees. Uh, you know, heroes that are proving themselves time and time again, and also with new faces that want to help. Uh, and he's like, uh, they want to show that they can carry on the legacy of those who have fallen, but we need the one who did it first. And I thought that was such a cool moment because he has his hand on his shoulder, and it's really putting, uh, like I guess, like the, the, the world of DC on Nightwing's shoulders, you know, as a hero. Because he doesn't have any powers. He's just the guy that was trained by Batman. Um, and then being recommended to say, hey, you need to be the one that leads this next generation of all of us. You know, I thought that was really cool. It was cool. Um, I liked it. I still don't get why Dan DiDio wanted to kill Nightwing so bad. Like he had a rager for wanting to kill him almost every year. Yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah. Every, almost every year while he was. Uh, Do you think that's why so many Robins die? Like Damien. Well, he didn't really die. Jay, well, he didn't really die. Damien did die. <laughs> Pretty sure Jason Todd died too. Or resurrected. Died as in like, like not coming back. Like dead. Yeah. You know, when you put him in the grave. Yeah. That's kind of dead. That's Jason dead. Todd was dead. His body got thrown into a Lazarus pit. From the grave. So, yeah, he was dead. Okay? Let's clarify this. He okay. wasn't just, oh, maybe I'm a little hurt. Is that is that a distinction you make, Joey, when you read comics? Is like just because they're brought back to life, they're not dead or yeah. they haven't died? Yeah. And I think I read, I, I, I said that in well, the Well, if, that, if that's the case, then no character has ever died except for Uncle Ben. Because mm-hmm. he's the only one who still has not been resurrected in mm-hmm. any way, shape, or form. So I, I take it back. So is that why they kill so many Robins? You think is because probably I don't know. They know they can bring them back. I think disposable. I think Dan DiDio really thought that by killing Nightwing, it would create a huge shift in the DC universe. You know, it, he he was of the mindset that darker always works better, and you know you can tell by some of the stories that he greenlit. It wasn't always the case. I know I've said it before. DC universe is supposed to be the universe of hope, you know? So I don't think Dan DiDio really got that all the way through. Like, he understood it with certain characters, but he didn't get it with, like, your Nightwing is Batman's hope. That was his first son. 
that that's the kid that that brought light into Bruce's in Bruce's life, and now you're gonna get rid of him? Come on. Uh. But yeah, it's a great moment. I like I I really like that moment. It happened earlier. It's not the first time that it's happened in this series because when John Kent brings together his Justice League, Black Adam looks at him up and down and tells him, this is great, but you and I both know who should be leading this group. And then from there, we cut right to uh, Dick Grayson as Nightwing trying to inspire this new generation of Teen Titans. Cool. And that's right before like Deathstroke and all the other villains attack Titans Tower and everything where things kind of take a turn for the worse. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all on board with it. And, uh, Joey's never read it, but the nineties justice league book, JLA by Grant Morrison. And then, you know, they, they carry on with Mark Wade and, uh, other writers, the obsidian age, when the Justice League dies, because the Justice League has died, and I, you know, put quotes around it. Joe, you you have you've never read the JLA, not from the nineties. Doesn't it have like it has like your favorite Green Lantern in it? Kyle, Kyle yeah. Rayner, yeah. Why haven't you read that? Well, I've, I've normally whenever it comes to like uh, Green Lantern stories, I'll, I normally just stick to Green the Lantern. Green Lantern stories. Yeah, yeah. So I really I rarely venture out and read like the Justice yeah. League books. Yeah, you would love that yes. whole run, oh, dude. That whole run. That the first like from issue one all the way to World War Three, and like the Obsidian Age, it went. It really starts to fall apart when it gets later in the series, like in the sixties and seventies issues. Got a bookmark. Obsidian Age by Joe Kelly. Joe, yeah, Joe mm. Kelly and oh, Doug yeah. Mank. Yeah, yes. got it. But Nightwing, uh, Batman has protocols in place to replace the Justice League and. Uh, it's like using Mr. Terrific's T-Spheres and they go out and recruit the new members. And the last one that recruits is the leader of the new Justice League. And he's like, the voiceover is telling all these all these new characters, like, you're, you're sloppy, you're going to need uh, a leader, and I've chosen the best one that I could think of to do it. And then, boom, next page, it's Nightwing. Sorry. So... I mean, he's an inspiration. He's an inspiration for the entire uh, DC universe. He was like everyone's little kid brother when you think about it. It's a cool way to put it. Yeah. So That was a long, long tangent for Nightwing. I know. I don't even think we have room for more news. <laughs> it's all right. We got a lot of love for Nightwing. Yeah. He deserved that one. That, oh, they announced the new Stormbreakers for Marvel. Are they any If good? you care to look that up. Are they what? Are they any good? <laughs> oh, I'm not saying they're not. I, I didn't check out the article. I'm not saying they're not. They're good. They just kind of all have the same style, it seems like. Or at least what they're going to be drawing, it seems. Yeah. What they promoted, it seems like they're all going to have the same kind of. It's which, like, which all their personal, I went to check out a lot of their personal accounts. And, and they actually have pretty unique style, but maybe for what the stories they're going to be doing. Maybe they're, they're, yeah, maybe they have to follow like a house style mm, from Marvel. Right, right. So. Whatever. It is. Who knows? Yeah. So, anyways, I think that does it for news because we have used up all our time. Ty- Way to go, me, talking about Nightwing so much. Yeah. On the She-Hulk episode of all things. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. You started it. I did. That's all right. right. We'll cut to a little break.
Welcome back to the Longbox Podcast, presented by Plus Wicko Comics and Rogue Media Network. Before we get into the bulk of our segment today, we're going to get one of our ads out the way. Sorry, one of our sponsors, uh, the LaSalle Shops in Waco, located at 223 LaSalle Avenue, Waco, Texas. Uh, this building is uh, rich with Waco history. There's over 50 different vendors for antiques and collectibles, custom artwork, furniture, and more. So make sure you head over to LaSalle Shops over at 223 LaSalle Avenue here in Waco, Texas. I think you could go into that easier if you were like, welcome back to the long box presented by Plus Wiggle Comics, Rogue Media, and LaSalle Shops. Oh, okay, yeah. Blah, 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 yeah, blah. You're right. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. Well, actually, next little segment. We'll, next we'll, little we'll segment. There. We'll get yeah. there. We're we'll good. Got it. We'll Still there. working on it. It's, right. it's a good way to break the fourth wall because I, that probably could have been a moment that we could uh, cut out to the side, but we decided just to jump in there, kind of like what this character does. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Deadpool? Deadpool? What? Yo, Fourth what? wall breaking? I, I got learned because I thought Deadpool <laughs> did it first. Wow. And Mondo was the one that told me, he's like, nope, She-Hulk she was the Hulk one that did, did it, first. it first. So, y'all, Which here is, we are. But it's not like, because she wasn't really like a presence. Deadpool in the 90s was like, like kind of. Yeah, they, they changed. Yeah. Didn't do that You're young, dude. Right? That's like a. Yeah, he didn't do that originally. Yeah. Swagger jacker. And damn it. Pretty much. Oh shit, it's Rob Liefeld too. Damn. I'm just saying. Whoa. Rob Liefeld didn't didn't know. Oh, so Rob Liefeld created Deadpool, but he didn't give him his personality. I think mm-hmm. that was another Joe Kelly thing. Yeah. So because Joe Kelly and Ed McGinnis wrote that, that first Deadpool series, series and really started building the character from there. Mm-hmm. Before that, all Deadpool, he was a, a mercenary mm-hmm. w- with a smart ass mouth. Who was working for Mr. Tolliver? That's all it was. Yeah. Every time he saw Mr. Tolliver says Mr. Tolliver, like shut. And the he fuck didn't up. even have an origin story when he premiered. He was just thrown in there. You Let, know? Let's talk about the the cooler fourth wall breaker then. Yeah, the, cooler, the stronger one. The stronger one. Definitely the stronger Definitely one. The stronger the greener one. For one. Sure. We, uh, hey, Danny's matching with his Powerade. Right. Hey, I'm having a green Powerade today. We're we're talking about She Hulk and Jen Walters all in one. Uh, the uh, the the, the She Hulk. I don't. I, was, I thought I had a, a different segue into that. I, I lost it. I had my alliterations ready to go, and I fucked up. <laughs> Trash. Fucked it up. But no, man. Uh, we uh we are four episodes into the uh Disney Plus series for She Hulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's introduced a lot of people to the character. Uh, like Jess, uh, my wife, she had a really cool question. She's like, "Why is she talking to us? Like, does that like does she do that in the books?" And I was like, "Yeah, she does in the books." And then that's when I found out yeah. that you know she was the first fourth wall breaker in Marvel or maybe in comics or whoever. Ever. Probably in Marvel. Probably Marvel. Yeah, yeah, Marvel. I think because I think before there was kind of a lot of little like quips that yeah. were more like ads or something. Yeah, you know, kind of like oh, you know, but they weren't like. In the story, like they the hostess the, fruit pie ads. Yeah, oh my gosh! Yeah, all those guys would always like wink at you yeah. at the end. Maybe I'll go get a. I'm Hulk hungry. I'm gonna get a hostess pie. Yeah, you so. know. But yeah, yeah, like in the Marvel universe proper, she was the first one to do it. Which I was surprised that not a lot of people like knew that. When I saw the trailer, I was like, "Oh, cool! They're gonna add that element into it," and then. Everybody kind of flipped their shit and was, you know, started hating or whatever. I've but been enjoying it. I, thought I love it, was, it. I thought it was a weird little. I, I didn't know how it would translate into the show, but it's fun. Yeah, you I know. think it ties from what I've read in the comics, um, which I've read some of the earlier, you know, John Byrne stuff, and then um, some of the Sensational Dan Slott run, and then I'm familiar with her uh, tie-ins with like the Avengers, Fantastic Four. It all seems to be correlating with the comics. 
Um, I think the biggest issue with people have it is just the misogynistic part of the part of it. So they're fine with uh, the male characters portraying themselves as right. however, but the minute a female character does it, I'm like hmm, because, I don't. Be, because like her origin here in the first, you know, the first her parent, she gets a blood transfusion from Bruce, just like she does in the show. Um, it's a little bit different here. Here she gets shot by a mob mobster. She's she's defending a, a mobster, and they pull up to her house, and they're like, yo, right in the back. She's like, oh, no. And Bruce gives her a transfusion. Um, that adds up. Um, and this is kind of just Danny had mentioned earlier that the way they created She-Hulk was interesting. What what did you say, Danny? That, that they created her to trademark the name before anyone else could do that. So that's why... Uh, Marvel, I don't want to say they were ahead of their time, mm-hmm. but they were always thinking. That's why you get She-Hulk and Spider-Woman mm-hmm. uh, in the 70s. You get those kind of female versions of, of male characters that already existed. They really wanted to to make sure that no one else took those names first. See, that's wild because like the, the whole She-Hulk trademark thing is a plot element that right. they just put into the show. Yeah. yeah, That's so cool, man. Yeah, and then another thing in the sensational run, you know, she has to go work for the special um, department for the law firm, which is the same law firm that in, the, in the comic as in the GLH. GLKNH. GLKNH. Yeah. But the difference is that she has to appear as Jennifer Walters instead of, instead of the, in the show She-Hulk. So... She has to battle because in the in in that run she's very she's already established she's she's on the Avengers team, in fact she gets kicked out of the Avengers mansion for being like too literally like having parties and for real you know she's very confident in her in her She Hulk um, persona persona she's saving the day but she gets a little too comfortable and in in the sensational storyline she gets kind of humble to where she has to interact with um, super uh, you know powered people as Jennifer Walters. You know, and and kind of relate that way, and so that's that's an element that's the same in the show. Like she has to juggle those things. I think they're introducing her origin as well as telling a storyline. Um, I I think people are just you know they fell in love with the older comics, which is good. I love the older comics, but some of the stuff doesn't translate in today's times. Like, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to make things make sense. Um, from back then to today, like I think uh, what last episode or two episodes ago, Mondo was even talking about the phone booths. Yeah, you know, like it's hard to make that make sense in today's world when they don't exist anymore. You know, so of course there's like dating apps, like there is in the show, and things that she has to fit into normal society with. That's not a thing that's weird or well, they shouldn't be putting that in like. These is this is supposed to give you the sense of this is a real world setting with superheroes. You yeah, know? the only people I see complaining about it are old dudes. Yeah, <laughs> or dudes. Actually, no. This one dude I had a little like, I want to say back and forth with. Uh, he was complaining about the twerking in it with Megan <laughs> and he was whole, he would die on this <laughs> hill. And like you know how like whenever people obviously have issues with stuff, they don't want to say what their true issue right. is. With it. They'll just beat around the bush, right? Say that, say the hot topics everybody else is saying. Yep. Yeah. And then whenever it finally dwells it down to it, dude says, "Well, shaking your ass is disgusting." However you put it, I'm like, so it's all right in Iron Man one. Like Tony can have. Uh, a chick shake his ass for him, but you can't have a hero shake her ass, dude. The same, cre- the same creator, Stanley, created Stripperella. 
a yeah. whole ass comic slash MTV show cartoon about a superhero stripper who would say things like, oh, sorry, I'm going to go beat off this villain. Like, okay, but pop off about some dancing. But yeah, but I, I love the show. They've introduced the, the wrecking crew in a different light. Yeah, which, that um, was cool. Yeah, which is to me, it kind of at first I was like, ugh. Kind of like let, but then I have to think about you know where's the development going. There's more. How are they? Yeah, like they might get upgraded. They have a boss, and I was like, did they really just steal the guys? I was like, what do you say? Did you just steal a Asgardian Asgardian construction worker? worker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and in the comics, that's where their 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 tools are powered by Asgardian. They're Thor magic. Yeah, they're Thor villains. Yeah, the crowbar, the wreckers crowbar in Thunderball's uh, 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 hammer, right? Hammer and yeah. chain. Hammer and the chain. guy in the helmet, what was he trying to do? Bulldozer. Bulldozer. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But damn, man. I think they. Uh, I think She-Hulk introduced probably the, one of the greatest side characters in Madison. <laughs> oh, holy fuck, dude. She is so fun. I, I want Marvel a, uh, does a good job of dropping some fun stuff. I hope they don't kind of like rely on that too much. Not yeah. that I don't enjoy the comedy. And I don't like she's cool. That was funny. That episode, like I laughed. I was like, oh, this is fun. Her interactions. But I hope they, you know, you're already seeing like, these goofy, like fan made trailers of Madison coming in 2024, you know, and I, I don't want that kind of like voice to be heard by Marvel and Marvel be like, oh, let's do a, a Madison comic or, a, you know, that's how you get uh, like you already did Barbie in the 90s. Stop. You that's know? that's how you get. um May and Mary. Parker, <laughs> trouble, trouble. Oh man! Do what? Did you? Okay, yeah. That that has to be before your time. Marvel yeah. put out a book in the nineties yeah. called Trouble, and it was focused on these two sisters who were dating these guys, and one gets pregnant. They're they're like teenagers. One gets mm-hmm. pregnant and is scared to tell their parents, and uh, what they what ends up happening is. The other one who is of age, yeah. sort of, takes the child as her own and then raises them until they have an accident and die. And then the sister who got pregnant originally ends up taking the child back and raising him uh, with wheat cakes. Her and her husband, Ben. Parker. Put it together, Joey. Do the math. This is the origins. guys. If you could see this, yeah, he's got like the little algorithm, the Come algebra, on, yes, the little algebra signs in front of his eyeballs. Put it together. So this is the origin story of how Ben met May Parker mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. they got Peter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought you were describing like how Marvel decided to do Degrassi or some shit like no. that. God damn, no. that was dramatic as hell. Yeah, that you, was a roller coaster. I would have thought you would have read that trouble. Yeah. No, I mean, I've never heard of that one before. That's pretty cool. I don't know if it's still canon though, because in that book, May is May and Ben are Peter's biological parents. Yeah, they, it's it can't be canon. Reeling it back into She Hulk, um, the the show does a really good job of kind of uh, playing in that Law and Order aspect of having the the courtrooms go on in, um, and uh, there was a uh, what you call it um, the. The episode with uh, with Wong uh, Law and Order, like like bro, have you watched the Law and Order episode? Yeah, like it starts off with the shit going wrong first. Yeah, like oh, some hooker dead in an alley. This I I feel like or this like a business guy uh, dead in the in Central Park. Right. Oh, oh no, 
No, I was going to say like a, a Wong going to She-Hulk because there's some magician that he taught at the academy. Yeah, this is more like Night Court than yeah. Law and Order. Yeah, or court like is. Matlock or like... Not, I don't know what that is. I mean, I know what that is. I never what watched the that. hell? Bro. It, it is still part of like the legal system, but it's more of like... It, it's more of her perspective as like trying to build herself as a lawyer. I feel like yeah. as opposed to like let's solve all the crimes everywhere. Like she's really like it's her career that and that's a real thing. Like so, because in the like the first episode, she gets fired from her job because she is the she hulk. Yeah, right. She, like she's a very competent lawyer, um, and now she's headlining, heading up this superhero division, yeah. superhero law division. Which I think is going to lead to uh, damage control right. of some sort. And that is funny because in the, the sensational run, she gets fired also for being She-Hulk. But because she's, you know, she's using that to, like, she's in the middle of a court case. And they're like, oh, I've got a call from the Avengers. I have to leave. So can we postpone the date? And the judge is like, yeah, sure. And so her firm is like, look, we can't, like, work our whole firm around your Avengers schedule. We have to let you go. Like, Damn. and that's how she gets fired. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, but what were you saying? You were saying, like, the, the court aspect. You were talking yeah. about the court aspect that you liked like, about it. I should have put that better. Like, uh, where super people with superpowers have their issues and they yeah. have to go to somebody. Like, with uh, the guy Donnie Blaze. Yeah. Uh, sending the, the <laughs> girl to, to Wong's uh, apartment or whatever the hell he was. Yeah. No. He sent her to hell, to a version of hell. Yeah. She made a deal with Jake. And Jake sent her to Wong's place. Oh yeah, that's right. Because you popped in with a heart. Yeah. yeah. I want to. I want to see that story. It was tight. I mean, the only one. <laughs> Again, this is how you get trouble. <laughs> oh man, fuck it is me. I think, yeah. I think a lot, and I, but I think that's part of the problem with people differentiating the movies with the TV shows. Is to me these TV shows are running like six issues. Like to me, as if I were to relate them to comics, it's a six issue story or a one shot or a mini story. Like, yeah, it kind of ties into the MCU. But are we gonna really see She Hulk in the end battle? You know, with this next phase. You know what I mean? It's it's okay if we don't. This is just like a separate story that's in the same universe, and that can read like issue to issue, which each issue can be fun, have some action. But then it's over. She solved her case. She helped whatever superhero or ally that she recruited to help, you know, and then she moves on. Like, it doesn't have to be this. And I feel like that's a lot of problem with the people when they, you know, view these MCU shows. They think, okay, how's this going to tie into the next phase? And how are they even gonna... Even some of the movies. Yeah. Like, the last few movies, I think they were more palate cleansers to get you off of the whole, oh, it all means something. No, they just, they're independent stories being told. Yeah, because in the sensational run too, she run, she uses Doctor Strange to help with a witness and bring this dude back from the dead, and he's a witness. Yeah, it, it does touch on the mystical stuff, but then there's no, like, lead to, okay, what's, now we're going to go to hell. and. So what's funny is um, hulks have the ability to see magic. Mm-hmm. They can see specters and and ghosts and and magic and, they, and like they don't they're not uh, susceptible to magic as much. Um, they can be like I think they can be banished, but they still understand what they're seeing. They can see through whatever whatever mysticism is happening. Uh, one instance of that is uh, 
Peter Parker, Spider-Man, when he revealed his identity mm-hmm. to the world and he had Dr. Strange kind of help him, please put it back. And this is in the comics. This mm-hmm. happened in the comics too. This is right after civil war when like falling out with Iron Man, he went to Dr. Strange for help and Dr. Strange made the entire world forget. And Spider-Man full costume had to team up with the Hulk and, uh, at the end of the team up, uh, the Hulk isn't rampaging anymore. And Spider-Man is really like trying to thank him. And the Hulk goes, what are you doing, Peter? And Spider-Man is like, I'm giving you a wait. What did you call me? He's like, yeah, you told Dr. Strange to make the world forget, but I don't forget. The Hulk always knows Mm -hmm. and always remembers. And Jennifer Walters, the same thing. Like if you watch the show, Wong calls upon her to help mm-hmm. fight the mystic beings, you know, because she's strong. It's more that obviously they can be seen because everyone sees them and starts running. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's part of the characterizations of Hulk. They can do that. They can see stuff like that. That's, and that's probably from like the gamma, so much gamma radiation that you feel that presence of something that's bigger too i think yeah i'm telling you man y'all like if y'all haven't read immortal hulk it, i i did i was really hesitant because of um and she hulks in there too like because it's like more like monsters and stuff and sometimes i don't really like those books but it actually touches on a lot of psyche and like psychological stuff um within the hulk and that involves like gamma radiation that's really cool so check that out again See, I wanted to check that one out, but I, I kind of lost me whenever I saw like the Hulk all kind of like zo- not really zombified, but like yeah. you know missing limbs, and he has like a the the skeleton, and so kind of rerolling. Yeah, and all that. I mean that is part of it, but it's a lot of that is in psyche, like the I didn't like the, the artist. Oh, Joe Ben. <laughs> I mean <laughs> that's fair too. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair too. But for uh, back to, to She Hulk, yeah. has she ever had any kind of like a big World War Hulk moments, or has she been any kind of like a, like a prominent? Uh, f- she was the catalyst for the Avengers mm-hmm. disassembling. Mm-hmm. So when I said that they could be hexed, mm-hmm. the Scarlet Witch, when she went crazy and started the they Avenger no disassembled, more. okay, uh, this this was leading up to House of M. Okay, um, she went. She she finally snapped and. All of a sudden, the Avengers were being attacked by all their enemies, like Ultron, um, shit, whomever else was a, like the Masters of Evil. All these people just out of the woodwork. Uh, Jack of Hearts, who is a, a prominent She-Hulk side character, uh, an Avenger at the time, but had died, like he sacrificed himself, was coming back from outer space. And was set to explode. Uh, the scrolls were attacking Avengers. Man, all of this was happening at the same time. And one of the other things was She-Hulk went super savage. And as the Avengers are trying to stop all these things, the Vision is trying to quell She-Hulk. And She-Hulk takes the Vision and rips him in half. So that's part of part one of like Avengers disassembled. Mm-hmm. Another one, they lose Hawkeye uh, trying yeah. to fight off the scroll ship that's attacking at the same time. Jack of Hearts shows up and kills Ant-Man, uh, the Scott Lang Ant-Man, because Scott Lang like confronts him like, hey, Jack, you're here. What's going on? And Jack is about like, uh, like I said, about to explode. He's got he carries this like energy inside of him that if he doesn't release, it'll 
kill and it goes off like a nuclear bomb almost. So She-Hulk was the main was one of the main catalysts to Avengers disassemble. She goes completely bonkers like savage 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 version and that's a version that you hadn't seen up until that point. Like even in her first interaction she was savage and like the TV show she was savage but she still had control of herself. This was a completely mindless Hulk like like Bruce whenever he loses control. That's that that was a very prominent thing that she was involved in. Another one was um Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say um uh A Force. She was she was the lead in A Force. Um, like she was the leader. Oh the, yeah. This was like parallel to like I think this, this was during Secret Wars. Yes, yeah, Secret the second, Wars. The Secret second Wars. One. And this big megalodon um attacks um is it Battle World, I think? Yeah. And so uh they it captured uh Namorita and and Namor and stuff. So she re- no, she recruits Namorita and Namor because they've captured um America Chavez. And so she um gets them and she like it's all female like Avengers, pretty much like Medusa. Um, That's she a Hulk. really good run. Yeah, A Force. It's good. So she was a lead and prominent character in that. Um, what else? Um, during Civil War Two, the second Civil War, um, she's put on notice that villains are being ostracized almost immediately without fair trial and representation. And this is right after she had just. Uh, uh, tried a case for the guy who was still found guilty regardless, and they found him dead in his cell because he couldn't, like he was changing his ways, and she lost her case. And she felt bad about it, but when she found out the news, then she really yeah. felt bad about it. Yeah, because what had happened, there was a new inhuman who could see the future. And Captain Marvel, uh, Carol Danvers, was using this inhuman to spotlight threats before they happen. Well, she Hulk went to go confront her about that. Like you caused my client to kill himself. You know, this isn't right. You can't be doing stuff like this. Um, at that moment, Carol is trying to warn her, look, I'm busy. We've got something coming in. Uh, this kid has seen a premonition of Thanos appearing and, and attacking this particular location. And Carol is there by herself. She's, you know, strong enough. She's also got Rhodey, uh, War Machine, and she hulks like, fine, you know, I'll help out since I'm here already anyways. Well, lo and behold, Thanos does show up, and he's washing this small group of Avengers. He punches through War Machine and... uh causes an explosion where she Hulk is right at ground zero and puts her in a coma that. And this is like the, the, the next version that kind of kills her and resets her body. And now she's this, she's no longer the sensational she Hulk or whatever. She's more of a savage. She Hulk mm-hmm. where she's more bulky looking like Bruce uh, gray, even with like green scars that glow. Mm -hmm. So um, she's had some pretty prominent roles uh, in in starting storylines and everything. Um, 
She was in the Avengers during the Red Menace when the Red Skull had released uh, death gas over Mount Rushmore. Uh, and that was oh, causing her yeah. to mess with her. That was causing like yeah. some kind of mind issues with her. Um, she's been in the Fantastic Four mm-hmm. after the fr- after the first Secret Wars, yeah, because she had gotten transported to, to the original Battle World, and the Thing, uh, who could transform at will, he realized he could transform at will, like decided to stay behind, and the Fantastic Four needed a fourth, and he was like, "Why don't you take Jen? She's just as strong as I yeah. am," you know, and she was like. Oh. I'd be honored. And she was like part of the Fantastic Four mm-hmm. for a little while. She had the suit and everything. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, she's been kind of all over the Marvel universe, you know? But her thing is, is that I think she wants to be normal. Like she wants. Oh, yeah. That's that's the thing of why it's not that she's like not a character that wants to. She enjoys be, it. Yes, she enjoys exactly. being a Hulk. But if she could, she would right. be normal. So, oh. that, so that's part of her character, too. One of the things that intrigues me is the, the the balance going back and forth, like the day job of being a lawyer, mm-hmm. and then also mm-hmm. the superheroics of it. Because like whenever she is a lawyer, like I, I was completely invested into the story you just said, uh, where uh, uh, her guy committed suicide. Yeah, you know, I haven't read it, but damn it, man! Like you, you really feel for her because she's wanting to try to help these people, right? And, uh, you know, and you don't really get that kind of uh, aspect or that kind of sight on. Uh, or point of view, I'm sorry, from uh, from superheroes. So mm-hmm. it's really cool that you get that with She-Hulk. And it's really cool that we get it from She-Hulk and we get good stories out of it. Because mm-hmm. I don't want some kind of cheesy, like, law, like, law and order, uh, like, you know, uh, what, what's it called? Sequential little, yeah. uh, however they do it. Um, but uh, this one is really cool. I Like, the one that happened with, uh, who is it? Fuck. I just I lost it. Um, th- there was one run that I was researching, and then uh, some a hero. I think it was Moon Knight came up to her, um, and no, she was she walks into her office. Oh, that's has, the most recent. That's the most recent She Hulk book. There yeah, you go. I'm sorry. She like walks into run. her office and she has a superhero. Like, uh, the, the lobby is full of superheroes. That's what I was getting to. I'm sorry. It's like Moon Knight and Sam Wilson, Captain America, Spider Man, Spider Man. Yeah, they're all kind of just sitting there waiting for her legal advice and everything. Oh man, she's like, guys, you cannot do this. So I, I love that. That's so cool. Yeah, and that's I mean the interactions with like the characters, like it, it's just it's fun. It's fun. It's good. It's like it makes sense. It's not goofy. In the comics, I feel like it's genuine, you know, like like when she gets kicked out of the Avengers mansion, it's because she's like, you know, she's living her life, but she's so strong, like, and she keeps having these, like, uh, guests come, these guests come visit her and leave in the morning, and Jarvis is like, this is, like, we can't just keep letting random dudes into the Avengers mansion, and so Cap and Iron Man are like, hey, look, we... Who wants to talk to Jen? Like we have to talk to her and tell her she has to leave. So like, that's what you know is better. Whenever Iron Man has to talk, yeah, people in. Oh man. But yeah, and then she just yeah, the Fantastic Four that was fun when she was part of there, and the Avengers too. She was part of the Avengers. That's when she was kind of hulked out too, right? Like I think like there's a yeah, she's been part of the Avengers multiple times, and this last time, it's currently happening. Um. She's like super hulked out mm-hmm. and she's not mindless, but her speech pattern is kind of stunted, mm-hmm. like Hulk smash kind of thing. But w- one of the revelations that happened, I think a few issues back is that she's in control of this transformation. She can go back to being regular. She Hulk anytime she wants. Mm-hmm. 
Like she, I think she divulged this to Captain Marvel to Carol because they're they're best friends in the MCU or in the Marvel Comics universe. Uh, she Hulk and Carol Danvers are like super best friends. Um, but she's like telling her like, yeah, I just kind of like this this uh, version better right now. But I could all I could just go back to being She Hulk if I wanted to. That was one thing I was always curious about because the Hulks there it's like a psyche thing like their transformations mm-hmm. are all related to like a psychological like, yeah. I say issue but splinters you know yeah uh, like multiple personality disorder why is it that she can freely go through these things and Bruce can't or even like a I uh, think because Bruce's uh, transformation was triggered via trauma. Yes. Uh, he built up a bunch of different personalities to survive as a child and as a teenager and as an adult. And when the bomb went off and radiated him with gamma, uh, all those personalities, like it kind of shattered his mind even more. Sounds like Danny already read Immortal Hope. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. And whereas Jennifer Walters didn't have that trauma to deal with, mm-hmm. she's able to control more of her psyche and therefore the transformations that, that happen with it. So It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Because also, like now in MCU, Abomination is able to do that same thing. He's able to kind of freely transform. I thought that scene... Uh, where he did it was really funny. Like yeah. see his oh, wa- yeah. all, all of his wives were getting turned on whenever he was like <laughs> it was tight. It was funny, um, but that's that's another thing uh, that we that was uh, introduced into the series was uh, Emil Blonsky coming back from uh, I want to say the first MCU movie. Did an Incredible Hulk come out before? Oh yeah, everything back else? when it was still Universal. Yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, we uh, that was the second. This, oh, the se- yeah, because the first one was by what's his name. Um, the um, Angley. Angley, yes. Yeah, my bad. With, uh, with Eric Banner. Eric Banner. With, uh, with Abomination coming back in and him, he having his whole uh, transformation at will, do you think that's going to be something that we're going to explore with uh, Bruce going forward in the MCU at all? I think the next time we see Bruce, it'll be Savage Hulk. Yep. What do you think they're setting up? World War Hulk or Planet Hulk. Where did he go? Like in the spaceship? Did they, did they say? Back to Sakaar. That's a Sakarian uh, Corsair cruiser. That's like the one they used to escape Sakaar. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was a ship. <laughs> Read the Illuminati. Damn it. No, I know what happens in the Illuminati. I just, I didn't realize. But also, but also read World War Hulk and, and Planet Hulk too. Yeah. I, I read World War Hulk oh, yeah, yeah. last, last yeah. one where he started washing everybody. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Planet Hulk where all that kind of gets set up. Who would uh, who would win, Hulk versus She-Hulk? Is that a is that is, are they on par? I mean, they've kind of bested each other in different, in I mean, different ways. Yeah, like at, in in the Immortal Hulk run, She-Hulk is like a badass. Like she, they're like she's. I mean, she's not really leading the Avengers, but they're kind of like just let her do whatever. And Hulk just like washes her, like like just like you're a flea. And then there's times where she's bested, you know, the Hulk also too. So. I know, I know. Uh, there was a run in the Incredible Hulk where the Red Hulk was around. Oh yeah, yeah. And he was just like washing everybody at the time. And She Hulk gathered her, another She Hulk from another dimension, uh, Titania, and a Harpy. 
the Betsy Ross. Oh, the Betsy Ross transformation. Yeah. But like she had this she Hulk force Mm -hmm. and they went and kicked the shit out of the Red Hulk. So, I mean, it depends on the writer, you know, what they're feeling that day. It's like in the DC universe, uh, Supergirl stronger than Superman, depending on the writer. Right. I would always uh, only re- I, I, I pit those two together is because in the uh, in the show they kind of did a really uh, they focused a lot on how uh, Jen was more of a natural at the Hulk, you know, the transformation, the strength, and all that. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that goes back to again her having more right. control over her psyche than Bruce. Yeah, that's cool. Bruce had to learn, that. you know. Because Bruce has kind of seen what his damage has done, and he's trying to contain that. He doesn't want to see where it goes, I think. And and she's like, oh, I'm already, like, in control. I can figure it out on the way, you know. Yeah. So, Is there something that you're expecting with the character? Are you, are you looking forward from to something From the comics happening? or in the show? In the show. Like, is there a moment from the comics that you'd like to see come in fruition in the show? I think a run-in with, like, Ben Grimm would be cool. Yeah, the thing. Oh, they're, yeah, they're, but they're really like good friends in the comics. Yeah, that would be cool to like, see that. Like, I'd be totally happy if they just kept She-Hulk going and it didn't really have to uh, intertwine with you know the rest of the uh, events, movies, and stuff yeah. like that. But we just get little side stories of superheroes that need to get help with their like lawyer stuff. It's a good opportunity to like give comic fans B-list villains, you yeah. know, like in in a in a light that they're cool and that you know you can. Oh, I saw them on in real life action, you know. Because I think these this is the shortest. It's the longest because there's nine episodes, but it's the shortest oh, yeah. because they're all average of thirty minutes, mm-hmm. and they're they're tight. They're tight episodes, you know, and they move a little bit quicker than the other ones. Uh, yeah. than the other series are out. They're over before I'm ready for them to be over. Exactly, that, yeah. that's a good way to put it. And yeah. uh, but it's really cool. It's really different from the rest of the other from the rest of the Disney Plus shows out right now. And that's what people have to realize. Like these shows are gonna be Moon Knight is different. Was for you know they're trying to appeal to everybody. Yeah. Without using you know we don't need three different She Hulk shows. We just need a She Hulk show that will go to this one and then this character will go to this one. Like, I mean, it's the same way with their movies. Mm-hmm. Things each movie had a theme, like. Captain America was always military slash spy kind of thing. Uh, Ant Man was always based on uh, heists Heist. kind of thing. You know, Thor is like super like that Norse Asgardian. Like we're drunk all the time, partying, having you know we're gods. We're we're Norse. That's part of you know, yeah. funny making jokes like. So, I mean, yeah, I don't think there's anything that I'm really looking forward to except for like maybe interaction with the thing yeah like there's a scene in the comics where uh she hulk and titania are fighting they're like going at it knuckle you know bare knuckle brawling and everything and the thing comes in and like punches titania it's like don't worry shulky i've got your yeah, back that's what he calls her <laughs> and she's like what no <laughs> we're doing this for like we're doing this because we started a fight club because we need to get aggression out He's like, oh, so Shulky. Every guy calls her Shulky. Uh, yeah. How was Titania after that? Did she eat it or did she, was she knocked out? No, she was like, kind of like adjusting her jaw and like, ow. Damn, that's, that's tight. Cool. That man, that's what I like about the show is they're showing like the action scenes and the fight scenes are it's it it's not being like contained to where she's like, oh she's like oh I gotta get rid of these you know bat things. She's like stomping on them and like 
throwing them and like she's having fun with her powers. Like that's fun too. Yeah. Like so. speaking of fun with the powers, I saw one. <laughs> it's fucked up. Where, where like if she put the clap. Oh <laughs> yeah. If she put the thunderclap and twerking together, yes. she'd be unstoppable. Put my face right in there, man. Yep. Just obliterate me. I'm all about it. It's good. It's good. Are we uh, ready for a break time, right? Yeah, we're okay. ready for a break. Uh, before we go into our break, uh, let me go ahead and get our other sponsor out of the way. We have DeLaNina.co, which is handmade clay jewelry con mucho amor right here in Waco, Texas. You can find them at Instagram at DeLaNina.co to see behind the scenes process of how the jewelry is made. And be sure to check out the event that Cultivate 712 on September 24th and visit the DeLaNina.co booth at the Groovy Market. Nice. See you on a sec. And we're back to the Longbox Podcast at the end of Volume 2, Episode 4, all about She-Hulk. Well, it was mostly about She-Hulk. We had a good, good some little tangents with Nightwing. And, <laughs> that know. was at the beginning that was of at the, the beginning. news. That we, was part of the news. Yeah. yeah. That was a lot. It was a big... It was, but it wasn't... It was like, an elaboration. It wasn't like... It wasn't like we were talking about She-Hulk and then, oh, and then that reminds me of this time Nightwing did this thing. Yeah. No. Yeah, all about She-Hulk, right? So, yeah. But anyway, uh, we uh, I learned a lot about She-Hulk um, whenever we uh, we started our little group chats uh, after the series came out because I had a lot of questions and uh, I, I I was learned. I went to school. I had a, I didn't know that there was this moment with with uh, the thing popping out of nowhere and just punching Titania in the face. And, yeah. but, but that's the but, fun part, right? Yeah. That's the fun part of comics and shows and, and getting into this stuff. It's not about like how much knowledge you know or like it's discovering these characters, discovering these fun little sayings, these friendships, whatever, yeah. throughout will, comics and the shows. I will say She-Hulk after this episode feels more of a, more more grounded than any other hero. Yeah. Like more of a more of a person, if, mm-hmm. if I guess yeah. if I say that right. Right, uh, but they get they really capture the uh, the personal woes uh, of something. I mean, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but I can totally get you mm-hmm. know uh, the the struggles that she has to go through, and you know the the action scenes that she has to go through, the the powers that she has. She's just yeah. a really cool character. She's really awesome. Yeah. Final thoughts. That's about the same too. I mean, I think she's always had a good place in in comics. Nothing I would kind of really change or. Um, you know, try to make gun ho for, you know, she needs to be in the event, you know, the main line Avengers or anything like I, I've always loved her place reading her stories when she pops up or hearing about events or whatever. And, uh, I'm just excited as far as like the show goes, I would definitely like to see that lead into more like, like Hulk based shows. I don't really like, like we talked about in another episode, I don't really like Hulk. We don't like Hulk characters, but I do like, you know, like red Hulk and or like, Hulk. Like hulked out characters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't like hulked out characters, but stuff that does pertain to the Hulk, I have like those reads or like even like Danny said, a World War Hulk leading to that would be kind of cool. Like, so that's mo- that's what I'm excited about for her moving forward. She's just a cool character. Yeah, she is, man. I'd like to see her in the Avengers in like the next iteration, maybe. You know, um, maybe, maybe it's a thing where like Sam Wilson, Captain America. Yeah, like turns to her Hulk smash, and she's like, "Excuse me, yeah. I am not my cousin," you know, oh, something man. like that. And she's like taking off her her lawyer yeah. jacket. She's like, "I'm gonna do this, but because I want to." Yeah. 
<laughs> that would be fun. Yeah, it's perfect. Do you want her? Would you want her like um, her design to be like all hulked out, or do you want her to be like? No, I think I'd still want the the same She Hulk yeah. from the show. Yeah, the, you know that would be good. Yeah, so I just can't wait till we get her like little uh, white and purple outfit. Oh yeah, I saw that little clip or whatever. Yeah, there. yeah, that's that's yeah. coming. Oh, I forgot. Uh, and then the whole uh, the Daredevil. Uh, oh yeah, bit we're gonna have in there. It's like kind of it's a soft like little reboot of his show that's gonna be happening. Uh, damn, I forgot all about that. I got excited again. It's weird. It's like he's a lawyer too or something. I know. I know. Man. Who who knew? Who would have knew? More? Everybody's tripping. They're like, "Whoa, Daredevil's like, yeah, it's almost like he's a lawyer and she's a lawyer and lawyers interact with each other, you know." Mm-hmm. They have to examine each other's briefs. Yeah. Oh God. Before that gets any deeper, uh, that was <laughs> that was it for the Lombox episode. Uh, sorry, volume th- two, episode four. I. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to let you keep track of that because I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> no, I, I, was like, I, I was like two episodes in. I'm like, we cannot do this. Not this is not like sustainable. A, it's not, I think this is the last one. I'm going to try it out. Yeah. Because I'm going to strain No, myself. I like it, but I'm like, mm. can we keep up? Probably not. I, I don't know how to number these things. Same. We'll work on it. No, I know how to number them. I just don't want to. So. Okay. Well, instead of this episode number, this was uh, just all about She-Hulk. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I hope you guys learned something really cool. Um, if y'all uh have any other characters y'all want to learn about or any storylines yeah. you want to hear, uh, send us a message on our Facebook or Instagram. Uh, we're also on Twitter, all of them at Plus Wickle Comics. Um, you can find me at uh, Joey Gonzalez at Instagram and Facebook, even though I'm not really using it anymore. But you can find You'll me. You'll be on there next week if you want. Sending us a thing about. We, Some new toy that's coming out, or we Power have Rangers. a tag. We have a tag for this. Anyways, I'd like to shout out my wife. Yeah, shout out the show. <laughs> shout out to Mike for fair. putting us on. <laughs> shout out to the Saw Shops and what's the other one? What's the what's our other sponsor? De La Nina. De La Nina. Yeah, I've seen those. I've seen that pop up on my Instagram. That shit looks nice. She's getting good. Yeah, man. Plentiful. Yeah, man. So uh, yeah, September so. the twenty seventh or twenty fourth. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm ready to see that. And uh, yeah. So, shout yeah. out to my wife. Mondo, you got any shout outs? <laughs> well, we're cutting Joey off. We're cutting Joey <laughs> off. He fucked the whole he thing talking up. Talking about, well, we talked about a tangent, and he's like, hey, rah, rah. Uh, shout out to my wife also again, Rogue Media. Shout out to you guys for listening to us still. Uh, my, you know, the, the studio here told us we're doing good. We thought we were just kind of coasting, but we're actually doing pretty good. So just talking into the void. Yeah. <laughs> just like, mm, who's listening to us? But, uh, but yeah, like hit us up and, 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 you know, give us some feedback or, you know, um, tell us what you want us to talk about. Or, you know, if you're interested in even coming on, we might consider it. So, but yeah, thanks to all you guys for listening. And we're out. Yeah, we are. Peace. Be sure to hit the like button, subscribe. And tune in every other week to see what we have to say. Um, you can find us on social media. You can find Joey at Joey Gonzalez. Um, you can find me at Armando Ramirez underscore art. And you can find Danny at Imaginary Heroics. And you can find Plus Waco Comics on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Plus Waco Comics. Excelsior. <laughs> Sweet Christmas. Sweet Let's Christmas. Throw <laughs> a couple of them in there. Curse you, Richards. I don't know. <laughs>